you're moving into a new industry, but you're not, you know, you're not moving into, let's say, a, a corporate structure. You're not moving into somewhere with a HR department. To start with, you're talking to people who spent their lives doing a job and feeding feeding the country more or less. And it's that sense of belonging that I I know will ring true with some people and, and, and really benefit the whole process of, of leaving the armed forces. Welcome to the Watchword podcast, exploring life's big decisions and the factors behind them. In this episode, I talk to Jeremy Gibbs. Having worked in the agricultural industry for 25 years, Jeremy changed direction and launched Forces Farming. Forces Farming offers servicemen and women the opportunity to transition into various roles within the agricultural industry. I think it's a great plan and I hope you do too. Hello Jeremy, good morning. Thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, it's it's great to be talking to be talking to you and to be talking about Forces Farming. So how are things how are things going with you? Morning Mark. Yeah, very good, thank you. Um, it's a pleasure to join you and a pleasure to talk a bit more about Forces Farming. Things are good. In terms of the whole situation, I'm luckily still pretty busy in terms of um, work and being honest, the, the uptake of interest in forces farming in the last couple of weeks has really taken off. So I've probably got about 25 people now that I'm in touch with who have come across the website and made, made contact with me. So it's, it's really good to see how it's, how it's being received by, by people in the armed forces and as well people that have left or left you know many years ago i've got some people for example that have been out the have been out the forces for maybe 12 years and so well, i mean yeah it's it's great it's i'm excited about this conversation because it's something so different it's it's kind of way out of left field in some respects isn't it, it when people are considering well career changes and in particular leaving the military the idea of going into farming or, or the agricultural industry is something that I've never heard of being d- discussed before. So before we get into the detail, how would you, what is Forces Farming? What does it exist to do? So really, I set up Forces Farming to be an offer, for, well, basically to provide an opportunity to move into rural-based employment. And the sole focus of Forces Farming is really to facilitate the journey so having not served myself um i my background is completely agriculture and farming and that's that's what i sort of keep as 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 the core of forces farming is that to get into an industry um number one you need someone to promote it and number two you need someone that's passionate about it and that's two things I've always had in terms of farming. Of course, it's had its ups and ups and downs, but basically the opportunities that are there in terms of getting into an industry that is interesting, it's developing, it's rewarding, and bottom line, it's feeding the world, you know? So to a certain extent, you're still you're not serving the country in the same respects, but realistically you you're still serving the country in, in some format or another. Yeah. And I mean, the first question that comes to mind is, is how did the idea come about? Yeah. So 
At the end of 2018, I was talking to a, an agricultural contractor who basically he'd sat there and we'd had a chat for about a half an hour or so. And I could just tell that he was just, he was just down, you know, he was just in, I wouldn't say in a bad place, but he was just not in the mood he normally was. And I sort of took the opportunity just to say, you know, well, you know, what's up? And he said, well, I've just had my insurance premium come through and he said, I've got a hundred grand's worth of claims from one year operating. And that was mainly focused on, or mainly the result of people damaging equipment, damaging um, public property, you know, driving on people's lawns, reversing into buildings, damaging gateposts. And I, I just sat there and I thought, God, you know, this, this all comes down really to having responsible people on machines in this case who are aware of what they're doing and aware of the repercussions of you know breakdowns and damage and things like that and i just sat there and i thought well i've got several friends who've left the forces or are leaving the forces and it just sort of just sort of sprung to my mind really and i said to him well have you never thought about recruiting anyone from the armed forces and he turned around and said to me, I wouldn't know where to start and I wouldn't know how to get the training across and, and how to take up, you know, that opportunity, basically. So that sort of idea sat with me for a couple of months um, as I kind of explored the idea and looked into what opportunities they are, there are. And then leading on from that, I just realized, well, the first step, in in promoting the industry or actually getting someone into farming is giving someone visibility and the opportunity to, to get a bit of experience yeah yeah and so i mean it's a it's a great idea and you i guess it's it's come partly from the fact that you had friends who were in the military or leaving it so you kind of understand both clearly you had a really depth understanding of um of agriculture and then your friends kind of enabled or facilitated a, a, a decent understanding of the of the armed forces. So I guess it's it's just quite a novel idea, isn't it, to to bring the two together? Well, this is it exactly. And I started chatting with a, a good friend of mine who served, and I just ran the idea past him, and I said, you know, you he's known me from God, from when I was about twelve or so. And he's known that I've always worked on farms and always been involved in, in my side, um, in the machinery side of the business. And I just said to him, do you think there's an opportunity to promote agriculture to the armed forces, you know, and what opportunities exist? And he, he basically explained to me that as, as people are leaving and they start to look at agriculture, or, or sorry, look through the transition process, agriculture is not really represented. Um, or promoted to anyone leaving and I just thought well there's a bit of a link missing there really between the armed forces and the agricultural industry yeah so using my connections that I've built up over the last 20 years and I'd say as well really how how sort of farming's shaped what kind of person I am you know because I think trying to move into an industry that you you believe you don't know anything about is 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 quite a it's quite a daunting sort of thought i mean if i thought now well if i was going to go and try and change careers i wouldn't know where to start so 
I thought, well, the first thing we can do is look at promoting the individual segments of the business, um, keep the ideas and, and the plans grounded by constantly talking to, to people that are serving or, or in the process of transitioning, and then really bring together a structure where if someone expresses an interest in agriculture, how, what paths do we follow and then leading on to what training is available and leading on to, to jobs basically. And those, those jobs, they, I guess there's obviously a really wide range of roles available in the agricultural industry. And <clears throat> the, the term forces farming and that, that process that you're describing it, initially, it makes me think, well, that's going to be working on farms, driving machinery, um, etc like that. that but but obviously the the sector is way way bigger than that so is it the case that that you're looking to place people or create contacts or just yeah place people across the sector across the industry yeah so the more the more the idea and and the structures developed the more i've realized that i'm i'm number one i'm getting contacted by a wide variety of people mm. um you know non-commissioned officers, commissioned officers, um, you know, supervisors, managers, people with data and spatial skills. And I, I realized, you know, this is a bigger, a bigger opportunity than just putting machine, putting people onto machines. So what I, the, the way I sort of explain it and structure it is if you've, if you, number one, if you've expressed an interest in, in farming, well, let's have a chat on the phone because there's, so much more you can gain by talking to someone than um, than emailing back and forth. So I, I make the point of the first point of engagement might be through um, through an email. So have a bit of a chat back and forth. You know how long have you got left to serve? Have you left? You know what areas of of the business potentially interest you? What sort of skills have you got? And then the other point that's quite important that's developed over the last let's say month or so since I've had a couple of meetings has been, you know, identifying what's important to people. So actually rather than jumping straight to what job do you want to do? It's quite important really to identify what's important to someone, yeah. you know, are, are you moving with family? Do you want to live in the countryside? Do you want to be, you know, free at the weekends? Um, you know, have, have you got a house or is, is, is accommodation something that we need to talk about and look for in terms of job postings? Um, and really as well, what, what people, what someone values, you yeah. know, so coming out of the forces, you know, potentially after 20 years, maybe, you know, if you signed up when you're 18, coming out 15, maybe 18 years later, it's actually sitting down and having that first conversation with someone and identifying what's important to them and as well, what's important to the rest of the family. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a really key point, isn't it? And it's something that people need to reflect on, not just when you're leaving the forces, but in, in general, it, with regards to career choices or career changes is what is it that you, that you really want and you really value. So, yeah. and the, the interesting thing about the agricultural industry is that, that there's kind of like the military in some respects, there's a, a, a broad spread of activity from, you know, real intense physical labor right through to 
every function of a of a business you know pnls balance sheet accounting all that all that kind of stuff that it it encompasses everything um so yeah it's it's great and and it's really quite well aligned to the kind of the purpose of this podcast because you're looking to solve um a, a problem i guess well and more than one problem too you're kind of looking to solve the uh, supply of of quality labor into the agricultural industry across the across the board but also enabling people to make that career transition uh, and presenting them with a different option you know here's here's a different path um yeah so yeah um I, yeah as soon as as soon as i kind of heard about the organization i thought this is pretty cool and i was keen to talk to you so um so that's so that's yeah, well, like you say gone I was just going to say, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but like I said, well, like you said, you know, it, it can start off by a simple conversation. And if, if someone just wants to work outside and let's say work with animals, then there's so many opportunities and there's a lot of benefit for me to actually go to a farmer um, as, as let's say representing forces farming and explain to them that, look, you know, there, there's a pool of people that I've got who are interested in getting into agriculture. First question is, you know, are, what are your thoughts in terms of taking someone on that may have less experience than another applicant? Mm. And the overall feedback so far is that attitude outweighs aptitude. So coming into agriculture with the attitude of, you know, it's not an easy industry to get into. It's maybe not... Um, nine to five it can be quite long hours however it's having those kind of discussions up front as someone's transitioning and whether that's like you've mentioned into a new career or just putting out some some um, some some contacts or putting you know trying to build a network of, of options before they're leaving the, the 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 starting point might just be spending a week on a farm somewhere to understand okay so actually getting up five six o'clock in the morning is is not for me however um what other options are there available in the industry and but that that grounding that that point of going onto a farm spending time with a farmer understanding what sort of people you're dealing with it it's very similar i i look at it and and, and a couple of people have mentioned it to me it's very similar to doing some reconnaissance yeah you know, what's, what's out there, what are the opportunities? Realistically, you know, where am I going to have to maybe focus on doing some training or maybe re, even down to sort of rewriting a CV? That's one thing I, I, I like to talk to people about is, is obviously if you've got a CV, great, send it over. If I've got some feedback, um, it's all constructive. It might just be a case of, well, let's restructure it to a more skills focused cv where you talk about what skills you've got and how you learned those rather than a list of what you did um when you served uh, a friend of mine johnny kerr he trans um, transitioned out of the forces basically long story short moved into to one job um realized that industry wasn't for him and wanted to get back into farming and then he started rewriting his cv and realized it, it's a strange way to put it but realized that a list of military experience 
isn't necessarily relevant to a an employer when you're moving out the armed forces however it's identifying what skills you learn as you were moving through the military and and what they've given you now you're looking at the next stage of of your career and that's that's one thing so my my background is is training and adult education really anyway from my previous career and and i i've just always focused on on people you know if if you can build up a, a good team or if you can build up a, a good source of um let's say recruits then then a business or you know a, a structure of, of working can kind of develop itself and and actually yeah be quite um be quite an easy easy process really but bottom line really yeah starting off look what are the opportunities let's get you some time on a farm or shadowing some people in the industry whether that's an engineer or whether that's going to a manufacturer or spending time with people that are producing seed you know there's so many opportunities that in the last let's say 18 months two years of of serving time um that you can actually get out and spend time with people so yeah it's 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 a really really exciting opportunity and i'm I'm really enjoying meeting different people and, and helping people as they as they're moving through the process let's say yeah and it's it it's i mean you're you're relatively young the organization is relatively young so it's it might be like you know you've mentioned a couple of a couple of times that things have evolved in the last month or two which is is an indicative of the kind of well it's the nature of having a new organization and, and sort of adapting and learning and, and growing but your but your kind of fundamental goal of uh, you know providing a solution to to two problems but both in terms of departing the military and the supply of labor it, it just seems quite sound so it, it's likely to evolve and grow and change but it, it must be it must be really exciting to be to be um involved in it yeah it is i mean i only set up the really i i set up the company last year in march um i left let's say full-time employment um around end of may sort of june time and then spent a few months back working on farms um up until about the the end of october last year and really it's only since november last year that i've been giving it um more time mm. and had the opportunity to develop it but yeah within within six months the take up and the support both from both sides i'd say you know both from the from the veteran community and and organizations such as mission motorsport you know, having the opportunity to to join their their Silverstone event and just just talk to people, just start the ball rolling, in terms of representing agriculture at uh, at transition events, and and the, like I say, the take up's been been fantastic. The connections that I've been um, introduced to, and likewise on the farming side, you know, the more I've spoke to people, the more someone might you know might might know someone who's left the forces and they're already in the industry. So. I've got quite a group. So I've got about 10 farmers as well across the country who've actually contacted me and said, we really support the idea. We're, we're really keen to see what we can offer and how that can work out um, in terms of helping people get into the industry. And, and that's, you know, that's one of the biggest parts, I think, or one of the biggest opportunities of getting into agriculture is it's that it's, it's moving into an industry where people are the focus you know it's the people doing the jobs 
It's the kind of characters they are. It's the family-owned farms where it, you're not mo- you're moving into a new industry, but you're not you know you're not moving into let's say a, a corporate structure. You're not moving into somewhere with a HR department to start with. You're talking to people who spent their lives doing a job and feeding feeding the country more or less. And it's that sense of belonging that I. I know will ring true with some people and, and, and really benefit the whole process of, of leaving the armed forces. And, and as well, a few people have mentioned to me that of course, being on farms, you, you I always, I always sort of summarize it and say, well, you might not need to transition as much out of your, your past way of, of thinking or your past sense of humor, because moving into farming, you can still have that level of banter and you can still, you know, have jokes and laughs and, and, and it's just a completely different world to work in. Mm. Um, and that's really focused around having the ups and the downs, the tough times and the good times, but always working together to get something done and always helping out. Um, you know, and I, I came across a video actually on, on Twitter this morning of a farmer who was out doing some work somewhere in a field quite a bit away from his farm and he didn't have the right tool with him. So, he stopped what he was doing. He walked down the road to the local farm, um, didn't know them, walked in the yard and said, look, I'm, I'm, I've, I've broken down. I'm after this and this and this tool. Can you help me? And the farmer, he, he didn't know, chucked his toolkit in his pickup truck and gave him the keys and said, look, give me a ring if you need any help. Otherwise, carry on and sort of help yourself. And it's that sense of working together to get things done that offers this kind of sense of belonging and the banter that goes with that. You know, you're part of a much larger or, or much, much larger, let's say, family to a certain extent than just doing a job and, and getting things done, really. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really evolved. Coming back to what you were originally saying, it's really evolved the last, let's say, six months. And the take up from both the, the veteran community and the service leavers has been great and, and, and has the um, farming side as well. Yeah, it sounds great. I mean, the other thing that is a kind of considerable plus in depending on the role is the amount of time that you must spend out outside and not only outside but outside in in parts of the world that are really nice to be in yeah yeah oh definitely i mean i i i couldn't let's say i couldn't do another job you know i i love being outdoors it's it's got so many benefits in terms of being outside you know, the first one being in terms of keeping fit, it's an active job. You, you don't have the, let's say the, to a certain extent, the rigmarole of, of, of going to the gym to work out, to keep fit. If you spend the whole day putting up a fence or moving bales or yeah. moving animals, you know, you've, you've got that active lifestyle and that, that is a big selling point of it as well. Um, and, and likewise, even if you went into a job where you might be office based, you still get the opportunities to get outside and you're working, whether that's with crops or animals or data, you know, you are still in an outdoors based industry. And I think as well, it just gives you a different, different appreciation for where food comes from, how it's produced. Um, and, and as well, you know, it sounds silly, but just, just quite simply going for a walk through the countryside, you know, you, you look at things differently if you know what's going on, you know, so there is all that, that element as well. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. 
So, well, the, one of the things that I've sort of jotted down whilst you were talking was um, was about the, the kind of existing model for transition. So, if you think about the process as it stands and the way that organisations try and recruit from the armed forces, it's something that's developed considerably. I think over the last, you know, I don't know, maybe 10, 10 years in in particular, whereby yeah. you now have organisations like the biggest banks in the world, the biggest consultancy firms, you know, Goldman Sachs, um, JP Morgan, etc. They have quite prolific ex-military schemes, which are quite effective at recruiting people and they get quite a large number of people to, to join from, from the military. And it's almost as if you, you kind of, you, you, you want to replicate the model that they've achieved. And, you know, you were talking about doing things like insight days and visits and stuff like that. That's exactly what they do. Um, and mm -hmm. so it's, it, but, it, but the, the exciting thing is just the idea that it's a completely different industry because things like the financial services or consultancy might not be for everyone. Um, and yeah. particularly in the, particularly those who've served in the military, you know, it's kind of, it's going to go one way or the other, I think. And, it, and speaking to the people I know who've gone into those sectors, it, it, it really does kind of go one way or the other in terms of yeah. the level of enjoyment. So there's like a, there's like a model that, that can be replicated, but for this whole new, this whole new industry or sector that, that it currently doesn't really exist for, which is awesome. Well, this is it. You're exactly right. I, so I, I, I structure it in terms of there's, there's pretty much in terms of forces farming, there's four steps. So during the transition phase, I pretty much, let's say market the industry and the career opportunities in terms of literally just having a chat with someone. Now that might be a service lever event. It might be, um, you know, through CTP events, etc. So literally just talking to someone, understanding what kind of character they are, what areas of life, industry, career, what interests them, you know, what, what lights the fires. And that might be, you know, taking things apart. It might be um, growing things. So then you can start to develop the conversation on to, all right, well, let's look at what, like we mentioned, you know, let's look at what experience is available. And I've, I've had some, some quite large um, companies and organizations on the agricultural side who've come across forces farming and said, well, this is great because this actually mirrors what we're doing already in terms of bringing in new skills into the industry because there is a really big drive, let's say, from the whole agricultural industry to bring new people in who have got something more to offer than, um, than maybe your standard person walking down the street or your standard college lever. You know, mm. like coming back to what I said before, you know, experience isn't the number one criteria for employing someone on a farm. I had a chat uh, a couple of days ago with quite a large dairy farm near to me and just rang him up because he's quite close to Salisbury. And as, as things, of course, as, as we can't really travel at the moment and whatnot, I've been doing a lot of networking, a lot of phone calls, a lot of planning um, in terms of building up a farm network, you know, and his, his answer straight away was we'd absolutely be more than happy to have either a, a, an insight day, like you mentioned, where people can come on the farm, you know, understand what they're doing, understand what the hours are. In this case, you know, see how the cows move because there's, there's the whole element of working with animals 
you know, you've got an appreciation for something else that's potentially quite unpredictable. You've got a lot more factors that come into play. There's a lot more to, let's say, working with cows than just milking them or moving them or, or doing whatever, you know, there's so much more that goes into it. And then on those insight days, like you mentioned, bringing in people from the nutrition side. So, well, actually, if you've, if you've got interest in nutrition or whatever, you know, fitness, God, there's, you know, crafting, let's say, uh, a food ration or the health side of animals as well um, into producing the perfect steak or the perfect pint of milk or whatever. There's all that element as well. So this is where the idea of insight days is, is developing to actually, rather than just going and visiting a farm, having someone there that represents maybe the veterinary sector, that's another area. Um, again, you know, to a certain extent linked to agriculture where there, are, um, there is a desire to employ more people and more people with a different skill set. So that's, that's one area I've got on my radar. It's not something that I'm, I'm working with at the moment, but it's another opportunity that someone might, to, might want to look at if they've got a, a medical background or whatever is potentially the veterinary sector. And then likewise, start actually looking at who else we can bring in on those days um, to talk about different areas of the business. And just, just jotting down a few ideas on, on some paper with, while I was talking to the dairy farmer, you know, there's five or six different, um, let's say, partners that we could bring in and talk to, to understand, you know, more about the industry. And then literally after a day, walk away with just a good insight around the, in this case, around the dairy sector, and then what other opportunities might develop from there. And it's kind of like sparking that interest and then creating a plan. One thing I always do is, is try not to lay out, let's say, a whole plan because that's, that's not how life works. You know yourself, the, you make a plan to get from A to Z and by probably C or D, something's changed and it's not worked out. So I always say, well, let's take this one step at a time and see where we go after each step but more or less following the framework of transitioning and then gaining some experience, looking at what training is available and, and what education or what further education there might be available. And then finally looking at what, what recruitment opportunities there are. So this is where I, I work with a few different, um, I'm collaborating with a few different organizations. So there is a organization called Farm Able down in the Southwest Mm. and she focuses quite a lot on the on the wounded veteran side let's say and the therapeutic benefits of being outside there's a company called rural link who have connections into universities and the lady that runs that is is ex-military herself she's well aware of the whole transition process and what needs to happen when it needs to happen and how these opportunities will fit in there and like, like I said, she's developed two courses um, with universities and runs regular insight days. So that's worth looking at. And then also there is a charity called High Ground who run rural weeks. So I think they do, I think it's, I can't remember exactly how many a year, but of course with everything that's going on, there's a few been moved or canceled, but they do have one in the autumn of 2020 coming up where you get the opportunity to go to an agricultural college for a week so when you get to that element of either experience or training there's a couple of areas that I can direct people as well and say well look well it might not be through forces farming but this is maybe the enabler 
that sparked a bit of interest to help you look at what opportunities are available. And, and likewise, in, in the training section, you know, the training segment, there's a large opportunity as well from the industry bodies, such as the, um, the Agricultural Engineers Association, the Institution of Agricultural Engineers, where there is an existing structure. So a few people that have come out and, and I've been talking with have got engineering backgrounds, which means we can start to look at what level of technician or what level of engineering they're already at before they move into a job. So it's actually, it's, it's as well that job preparation and recognition of skills that are already existing. And then just facilitating it on through to the final stage, which would be recruitment. And there I'm working with one, one company called DeLacy who have um, a mass amount of, of recruitment opportunities. So I've actually passed a few people on to them. They've got a lady there, she's ex-military and she's had a chat with a couple of people I've put, put them in touch with. And um, like I said, it's just, it's breaking down that, that almost that, that element of the unknown and saying, well, there is, you know, there are organizations and there is someone you can talk to, to help highlight areas that you might want to move in basically. Yeah. Bridging, bridging the gap, basically making, yeah. making connections between all of the different parts of the, the sector and, and then connecting people to, to those different parts. I get And that's, your, your background is really like a, a huge advantage, obviously, isn't it? Because you've, you've worked in the agricultural industry yourself for, for some, well, for, for, for a really long time. So, and we, we had a good chat last week about, um, about this podcast and what we, was, what we wanted to talk about and cover. And it was just, it was interesting to talk about your background as well, because you've kind of made quite a considerable transition yourself, haven't you? So it's just interesting to, to look at to look at that i mean what what led you to make that decision to, to you know to take that leap yeah no yeah that's that's true yeah um so i i had pretty much well i'd always grown up on farms i'd always done harvest jobs went through college university i'd always known that i wanted to work in farming and in particular i wanted to work in in the machinery industry so I took, after traveling um, Australia and New Zealand, I came back to the UK and, and took the opportunity to, to contact some people and basically ended up working in, um, in a training center for one of the large manufacturers. And I, I absolutely loved what I was doing. It was fantastic. Um, really enjoyed, again, it, it comes back to the people element. So I was teaching you know, technicians and, and engineers from, from dealerships. It was, it was really enjoyable. I had the opportunity then to to do the same kind of job, but based out in Germany. Um, moved out to Germany when I was, I think I was about 25, um, and and just just leaped, leapt at the opportunity. Moved out there without one word of German. Um, completely new area of life. Completely new area in terms of not knowing anyone, um, not knowing any of the language, etc. But jumped at the opportunity to go and work somewhere else, see what that would bring me, see what, what I could learn from that. And then moved on from there, yeah, as you say, into um, a management job in terms of sales and marketing, which again was fantastic. It was very hard work, um, but you know, keeping those sort of core skills that I'd learned growing up in the, in the farming world and being put in front of, of dealer engineers or service engineers 
during my my early years working for the company that really gave me a good grounding so i i i always stuck to those sort of core values as i was working and then um a couple of years before i finished the the, the company came to me and said okay you know we we've, we've got another opportunity for you and i just said i probably similar to a lot of people you know that might be listening to this you get you get given an opportunity it might not be what you want to do um and you you stick to your guns and you you carry on doing what you're doing so long story short um basically was was let's say moved into another position that i i didn't really want to do but i accepted it and anyway long story short wind forward a, a couple of years i ended up leaving leaving the job that was more or less my ideal job. It was, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have wanted to do anything else. I loved what I was doing. I loved the people I was working with, the travel opportunities I've got. I had spent time traveling in Poland, in Central Europe, went out to China, um, spent a lot of time in France and Northern Germany and in the Netherlands. I absolutely loved it. It was, it was that element of being outside and, and working with people that was just, just fantastic. Um, and then when all that came to an end, um, I would, like you mentioned, I was sort of at a position of going, right. So everything I've known up to now for nearly 10 years, um, is more or less not valid anymore. Um, cause I don't want to do, or I'm not doing that job anymore. So where, where do I go from here? Um, and that unfortunately well, I don't know, I guess, unfortunately, fortunately, looking back now, I learned a lot from that time, but that ended up in a long period of um, depression and anxiety. So that actually opened the door that I didn't realize was, was even there in terms of losing your kind of self-worth, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. So I, carry on. No, yeah, I was just going to say, it's interesting that the... I think a lot of people can relate to that at a certain point maybe where, and, and, and obviously this is part of the reason why you've set up this organization. There's a certain point in, in your, say in a military career where you're leaving and it's time to think about what you're doing next. And you just described how you reached a particular juncture where you felt like everything that you'd been doing and everything that you'd learned was, was no longer relevant, which I think is the fear of quite a few people maybe leaving, leaving the military. So, yeah. and it, again, it kind of underlines part of the purpose of this podcast, which is it's, it's not specific to any one industry or any particular career. It, it happens in, it's just part of life, isn't it? So um, it's great to sort of listen to people's different stories about how they encountered those kind of situations and how they overcame them by you know, identifying what was important to them and what they really wanted to achieve. Yeah, definitely. And that's that you, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head there. That's exactly where, where I found myself was, was, but having left a job that was a very secure income, it was a very comfortable lifestyle. Um, you know, I don't take things for granted. I appreciated that, you know, it was, it was hard work. There was work to be done. Um, but it, yeah, it was, it was losing that, that let's say that kind of it was losing the gra or, or letting go of that sort of lifestyle to a certain extent and then thinking all right well i you know things have gone things have gone downhill um 
I need to reassess things and I need to look at what I'm doing. And I mean, I came back to the UK um, for family reasons. So my, my father was getting older and I wanted to be closer to home. Um, my brother lives out in Australia, so it was pretty much down to me to come back and, and make sure things are okay at home. Um, and, and just looked at what opportunities are available. And do you know what? It's amazing. I, I flicked through the other day um, while I was sorting some files out on my computer and I had nearly a hundred job applications as I was leaving a, as I was leaving the corporate world, should we say the corporate side of agriculture, I had about a hundred applications that I'd sent out for various jobs mm. over the period of probably two years and, and didn't get one of them. And a lot of the reason was around, well, you've had a good salary and you've, you've, you know, you've been a manager, you, you don't, you, you know, you won't fit, sorry, in this organization or in this position. And there was me sitting there thinking, I, I just, I just want to go back to work on farms. I, I've, I've taken this decision to leave, leave a job, leave a company, um, move back from Germany and pretty much start again from zero. So I, I uh, through, again, through talking to people and through making contacts, I, I just started picking up the phone at home, um, and actually took a job that was pretty much just driving a tractor and trailer. It was, probably around i don't know 20 25 percent of the salary i had before however i absolutely loved it it was long hours i mean we were starting you know some days we were on the road at six and we might not be back till midnight but it was only for a short period and i absolutely loved that sense of working in a team again um being part of a smaller network of people working together being back in front of farmers being part of their business you know, working for them, working with them and, and developing someone else's business that, that they did, that, that who'd employed me pretty much. Um, and over the period of let's say two, two and a half years or so, I, I started to more or less remember, it sounds a bit weird, but remember who I am and remember what's important to me. So mm. this is where it, it, I didn't transition out of the forces, but I transitioned out of a job that I absolutely loved. I lived for, you know, the, the job was probably, I wouldn't have said it was, you know, obviously things aren't more important than a relationship, but it was all I wanted to do. I only ever wanted to do work for that company, you know, be in that position and I loved it. And then for all that to change, it was kind of like, Oh, right. Um, okay. Where, where do we go from here? And what are we going to do? And, if I need to start reassessing priorities and values of myself, well, this is a good opportunity as, as anything. So over the, the two years of, let's say, rebuilding my life and getting things back on track, um, I mean, it, 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 it quite sadly cost me my marriage. But, you know, that is a very, very hard journey to go on to be true to yourself in what you want to do. And also, um, you know, realize and, and put things that are important to you at the front of, of that, that whole process. So yeah. like I said, you know, in those, in those two years, I'd pretty much lost who I was. I'd lost a, a good job. Well, I didn't lose a job, but I left a job that was very, very good. It was comfortable. Mm. But over the last, oh, I've been back in the UK now nearly five years. Um, you know, that is just it, it's just been a journey and i can i can relate to people that are 
coming out with something that they they've done for their life maybe or they thought that is what they want to do you know forever and ever i can relate to the whole process of transitioning albeit from a different experience but the like we talked about last weekend you know the emotions and and the reflection that you go through in in that whole process that is part of let's say the bottom line of of where forces farming came from is it's 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 facilitating someone that, that is probably going through for something very, very similar and looking at what opportunities are available. And, and I can, I can relate to that. Like I said, yeah. Yeah. And it's the same. I think another point that we sort of made was that it's, it, it just doesn't really matter what industry or, or what your background is. The, the process is the same. Um, there are, there are key junctures, key decisions in, in everyone's career. Um, that they that they have to make and the sort of factors feelings fears etc are are similar throughout um you know unless you're unless you're really lucky and um uh and, and it's never any kind of issue and you just have an incredible career and are, are happy from beginning to end but i don't think there are that many people in that category i think at some point i think at some point there is you know uh, a point where you you decide to make uh, take a leap make a, a change whatever it may be and and yeah and that's that's why we you know we're doing this to pr present different paths um for people to consider and i i just think it sounds great i think it sounds absolutely fantastic um in terms of opportunities to go and work in in the agricultural industry um, yeah and it, it, it like i said it's coming back to that that point of it, it it's the people that make the difference you know and i think as well one other thing i learned on that whole process of like I said, sadly, you know, marriage breaking down, it's that whole process of you've, you've, whatever you do in life, you've got to be true to yourself. And I understand, you know, people do jobs they don't like and people do jobs, you know, for money potentially, but you, you've got, and this is, this is really, you know, one of the first sort of discussions that I, I have with people, you know, is just, just understanding what's important to someone, what they want to do and why they want to do it. And as well, appreciating the whole, the whole situation, like I mentioned, the, the family side of, of any, I think, any transition or any career change is so important, you know, because that's, that's a support network for anyone coming into a job. And mm. me, myself, going through the process of changing, changing my life, basically, you know, going from a very good salary and a comfortable life, having pretty much all every weekend off, um, you know, to actually going into a job where in my case you know when I was asked well what time are you going to be home I don't know it might be seven o'clock it might be 10 o'clock it might be midnight it, 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 it it's unpredictable I can't can't do that but to have someone in the background that supports that and understands that that's why you know I consider that the family element so important for people and it's one of the the key things that I think for the agricultural industry in the farming world offers more than just the employee or the person coming into the job. The whole network of forces farming really encompasses the family. You know, that might be things like, so they have every year, they have something called the open farm Sunday where families can get onto farms and they can see what's going on. But at the same time, you know, just going out and being outdoors with the family and the kids you know, it's a great place to be. I put a video up on LinkedIn um, of a farmer who's out in Sweden. He um, he did a farm tour. He's got a, a small regenerative agriculture farm 
in Sweden. And he just did a, I think it was about a 15 minute video where he walked around with his four or five year old son. And you can, that gives a really good insight into what growing up on a farm and having the family around you just can, just can offer someone. It's, it's, it's much more than just a job. It's, it's a way of life, but it can also be a fantastic network to work in as well for, for the family or for the family to be in. You know, so one, one thing I, I actually sort of emphasize now is when I'm talking to any employers or when I'm talking to anyone potentially um, about being a partner farm, for example, it's, it's always that question that I've got, well, how do we engage the rest of the family? You know, so that might just be through forces farming, connecting the wife or whoever to a network of people that are in the same situation. You know, that might be farm wives club, whatever it's, it's building that organization around the whole family unit. And then also, you know, if there's, if there's kids, let's say maybe whatever, 16, 17, if they're not going to join the forces, well, there's so many opportunities for apprenticeships in, in the agricultural industry as well. It's that element that I like to, to emphasize as well. So one large manufacturer I was talking to yesterday morning, um, you know, one of the points I said to them was the, the other reason you should consider employing people from the armed forces is that there is that family element where you, you've potentially got a pool of the next generation of engineers who can then come into your apprentice schemes and, and actually start to do, do something they enjoy or do something different potentially than go on and do A-levels or go to university. There's so many apprenticeship opportunities as well. It's, um, yeah, that family element is something that I keep, let's say, at the, the front and that support network because that was so important to me. You know, the, the two years I was going, you know, finding myself again, shall we say, as we came back to the UK, um, you know, those, those two years, just, just getting back in touch with, with old friends, um, and people that could see that I was happy doing what I was doing, you know, three or four friends and, and family said to me, well, it's like, we've got the old, you know, the old Jeremy back. Um, cause you, you, you just, you just sort of, you know, um, you just, you're just happy basically, you know, you just, you again. And that's, that's one of the times I sort of realized is with crikey, you know, actually I've, I've been doing a job I, I, I loved but it was a little bit of a detriment to my sort of character and my kind of personality. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, and, and like I said, just to reinforce that point, that's, that's so important that the whole process of forces farming, you know, goes on past just getting someone a job because I, I'm, I'm focusing on as well that the forces farming actual organization becomes more of a network. So if, if someone's, you know, working somewhere and doesn't quite know something about whatever, maybe someone came up with a new, a new term or a new word, it's having that ability that they can just ring me up and go, you know, such and such mentioned this to me yesterday. You know, well, what, what is that? Or, you know, what, what does that mean? And that just means, well, I can help someone increase their knowledge, um, put them in a better position to have a chat with someone or understand what something means in the industry um so it's, it's building on a bigger network of, of than just just being a sort of recruiter or just helping someone get a job it's actually being there as well to put to, to support when they get into the job by like i say simple things like if something came up in a job discussion or came up in a, in a in a farm discussion or wherever i can add a bit of you know information to that and likewise so as as, as i'm sort of putting this all together i've got um, 
a friend of mine who's putting together the, uh, let's say the monthly newsletter. So that if someone's already working in the industry, it gives them a monthly or a weekly newsletter of what's going on in the industry, what's changing, what's happening, you know, what are the trends? Because it's, it's that ongoing development of people that, that I see as well. You know, it's not just a sort of one hit wonder. It's let's get you into the industry. Let's get you a job you enjoy and a, and a, and a supportive network of people and make sure the family's happy. And then, you know, let's keep your knowledge growing by keeping you up to date with what's going on really. So it's, it's an ongoing process, I'd say, rather than just simply recruitment or, or getting into a job, basically. It sounds great. I mean, whilst you've been talking now, I've, I've slipped on my wellies and my flat cap and I'm, I'm good to go. Where do we, <laughs> where do I, where do I, where do I start? <laughs> well, this is it. Exactly. It's funny you mentioned that actually, cause um, yeah, I know that you're, you said you're down in between Southampton and Portsmouth and I've got a, a good friend of mine from university who farms in that area as well. So, you know, if we, if we end up having an insight day down there, then you'd be more than welcome to come along and, that's that's the other thing as well you know is it's even if you're not interested in farming and you just want a day out well when we get the insight days all planned and we get everything in place you know we just come along and spend the day outside you never know it it might just trigger something in inside that goes well actually crikey i, I love being outside and yeah it might be chucking it down with rain it might be windy and windy and cold but i've had a great day i've met some fantastic people and I've had a laugh and I've enjoyed it. Um, and that's the difference I think that working in the industry can really offer is it's just such a sense of enjoyment and satisfaction as well that you're, you're working as a bigger part of an organ, a bigger part of an industry, but everyone's working towards the same sort of goal. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there, there was a couple of things that, again, I, I wrote down and I was, I was just wondering about, say, your the model for rank ranges like different levels of seniority so you mentioned you've you've been working with non-commissioned and commissioned officers um or yeah and soldiers of, of all ranks so how how do you marry those two so obviously you've got people who may be of a, a junior level of experience right through to people who would have loads of sort of leadership management experience etc how because i can in my mind i can imagine you know, uh, working hard on a farm is one end of the um, uh, sort of scale, if, if you like. And then the other is more around, I mean, you've mentioned technology. Obviously, we've talked about the functions of business in general. So how, you know, you've talked about different parts of the industry. What about the levels of seniority? Is, is there a sort of plan in place for, for that? so to speak yeah so if i let's say if i had someone that was was more senior um that's where we i would primarily read through the cv um have a chat on the phone and and then look at number one um you know what area of the business they want to work in number two um what is important in terms of that job it it sounds silly but it might be simple things like you know is there a pension in place mm. you know what what level of experience you know do i need to enter that well i then work as i mentioned with the recruitment company to to either look at what opportunities are available in that area of the business or that um to suit that skill set that someone's got so either either through the recruitment company or um if they want to look at a more 
let's say, senior opportunity, then also looking at um, potentially college courses and things like that. So that's where um, the lady that runs Rural Link comes in because she's set up um, basically a, a two-week say, sort of generic kind of farm and estate management course um, that would get someone into that network of, of, of land agents or farm management area kind of thing. Um, and then likewise, in, in the engineering side of the course that she's putting together, that's the similar sort of area as well, where if, if, if you don't want to be doing the day-to-day -day work on a farm, well, then there is an opportunity to move into these sort of courses and get another qualification um, it might, you know, it might be a case of saying, okay, well, I'm going to work on a, on a, on a part-time course, for example, for a year, um, and then look at what opportunities there are available in that area. Likewise, there are some really good organizations in the industry that I'm working with, um, who have a really good, you know, assistant manager program. So starting to identify candidates for them as well really helps um helps feed more people into the industry um and and likewise you know someone like that if if you don't know where you want to go or you're at a more senior level then just the experience of going out and being on some insight days helps identify what area of the business you want to work in and as well it just just gets you sort of talking talking to farmers really um and talking to people from the industry so there is a slightly different approach, I suppose, for, for someone that wants to be in those more senior roles. Um, and as well, I mean, it's, it's, it's the point of, it's not a recruitment company in terms of if someone doesn't get a position, then I, my background and my skills sort of can translate, well, why didn't they get that position at this precise time? And where are we going next? So it's not just a case of ringing someone up and going, sorry, you didn't get the job. Um, I'll ring you up when we've got another one kind of thing. It's, it's a case of talking to the potential employer, understanding why, they're, why they can't employ that person at the moment, and then going back to the recruit and saying, okay, it hasn't worked out now. These are the reasons, but this is what we've got as a, as a next step, or this is what we can look at um, as we go forward kind of thing. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds great. And I mean, te technology is, another, is something else that we've touched on when we were talking before. Um, the sort of proliferation of technology throughout the agricultural industry. So, I mean, to, to the to someone like me who doesn't know much about about it, what what kind of things, what kind of developments are, are happening there? So, one of the probably one of the biggest areas, if we if we sort of let's say start long term view, you know, one of the biggest areas that's changing in farming would be the ro the robotics and the autonomy side of the industry. Mm. Um, so looking at actually either unmanned vehicles or unmanned operations, that, that side of it give, it, give it 10 years and there'll be a whole different wave of machines coming through the industry. And then if you, if you look back off of that, that also opens up areas of, um, let's say, camera technology, um, artificial intelligence is another big one. Um, so actually using, you know, using artificial intelligence to either you, um, work with algorithms or work with what things can physically see. And that might be weed identification. It might be um, assessing a crop uh, in, a, in a sort of vegetable case. That might be looking at systems that are working with satellite data. 
or with um, uh, UAVs or drones, you know, that are scanning fields. There's, there's that area of the business that's developing very, very fast. Um, and one of the other areas that, that is key would be looking at the, the technology and the data side. So actually having an understanding of um, the precision farming side of the business mm. um, is another massive area that's, that's moving forward. So we will always need in agriculture people that can turn spanners and people that can take things apart and fix them. But moving towards a data-focused approach of, of, of managing crops and managing inputs and getting the best out of machines um, or out of the crops or out of the plants or out of the animals, that whole area of the business as well is, is developing very, very fast. Um, talking to someone the other day and, you know, they, they actually brought up the point of carbon footprints. So that's another huge area of the business that is developing in the background is how, how and which method the farmers use to measure their carbon footprints and more importantly, what can be done to make adjustments. So, you know, if you're at all interested in the climate or the environment, well, there is a whole area of the industry that's starting to look at benchmarking farms and looking at what their carbon footprints are, looking at what opportunities there are in terms of maybe reducing fuel consumption or reducing inputs into the soils, et cetera, et cetera. But that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's sort of one side of the business that's developing um, but like I said, you know, there will always need to be people on machines, robotics will come, autonomy will develop, but that is probably, I'd say, you know, five, 10 years away. Um, it's just a very fast moving business. Um, and there is a lot of investment as well being put into farming to actually develop that. So there are, there are a multiple number of, um, what they call ag tech startup companies that are looking at, at using data in a smart way using camera technology using sensing technology um and and that sort of side of the business that's developing huge as well and i mean it's it's yeah it's one of the things that as, as that sort of person comes across my my computer should we say well then i start to look into that area of the business um and see what opportunities there are available and, and where they could best fit maybe that sounds sounds fascinating. It really does. It sounds great, um, yeah. and hopefully, uh, well, I'm pretty confident that anyone who who listens to this, who's either sort of thinking about leaving the armed forces or is going through the sort of transitional process, or is, or who's already left, uh, I think it, you, you can't help but be intrigued by it. I think it sounds it sounds great. It's just brilliant to get such a sort of depth insight into a different into different sector. So if people, well, sorry, carry on, Mark. Sorry, no, no, you go on. No, I was just going to say. Well, I mean, this is it, and and bottom line, it's it's an industry that's you know providing food. Um, a friend of mine who um, who I'm putting together an insight day with um, up at Agco, he he summed it up very well in a presentation he did. He said, you know, we, we can't really control the weather. Well, we can't control the weather. We can't really control. Um, the, the water, so to say, but the food that we produce um, and food security, you know, being part of that area of the business is is critical as we go forward. 
you know, you've just got to look what's going on now in terms of not having enough people to come in and harvest crops and get things processed and delivered to supermarkets from the field. You know, that being part of that industry, whether that's literally moving things, you know, through logistics from A to B, or that processing things in, in a manufacturer or in a, a sort of processing plant, or actually picking the fruit and veg, you know, there's, there's so much going on and it's such a critical industry. I just hope that as we come out of this situation we're in now with the pandemic and everything, you know, people appreciate more where their food comes from. Because food security is another large part of the, the industry as well, is, is you know, how, how reliant are we on the UK food supply and, and how do we protect that and um, how can we manage that going forward, basically? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's a whole other area. There's, 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 there's an awful lot of different aspects to think about with regards to agriculture, isn't there? I mean, it's, it's, it's vast because it, it has a huge impact, obviously, on the, on the climate. Um, so that's a massive factor con to consider. It's it's going to be disrupted or is being disrupted by technology um, massively, and um, and then there's the sort of logistical challenge of feeding the country as it grows. And we only I think what percentage of the food that we consume is grown in the UK? I think the UK is about sixty percent self-sufficient. So we will always have imports. Um, but of course, with Brexit and everything, that's that's all being discussed at the moment, kind of thing. But basically, yeah, sixty percent um, of, of uh, well, we're sixty percent self-sufficient, more or less, and that's going to grow. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't even touch on on things like vertical farming or indoor farming. Mm. You know, that side of it of actually having let's say warehouses, you know, across the country that are using UV light and refiltered water. You know, we, we didn't even touch on that sort of side of it. There's, there's so much or so many opportunities for us to grow that self-sufficiency and carve out where we're going as the UK in terms of food production and farming and how that all impacts the environment as well. You know, that's another massive massive part of farming is, is being sustainable and regenerating the soil that we've got the fields that we've got getting more land getting more out of the land we've got you know you look at the the population growth i think is going to is predicted to grow to whatever it is nine nine billion people i think by 2050 or is it more than that i can't remember but the scale that food needs to increase is, is quite shocking really. And that's all going to be enabled or mostly going to be enabled by technology and advancements through reducing inputs and yeah, using things where we can get more food produced locally or more food produced in the UK and onto supermarket shelves. Great. So if people, if people want to find out more, Jeremy, what's the, what's the best way for them to, to connect with you or to, to follow forces farming? So the website, forcesfarming.co.uk is up and running there's more information there on the process that i i work to in terms of transition experience training and recruitment and as we go forward i'm going to be updating that with with news and um, potential recruitment opportunities mm. the, the one thing i've realized is is keeping that up to date is as you probably know is, is a bit more of a task um, than a than every everyday job kind of thing. So forcesfarming.co.uk would be a great place to 
to get some more information. There's a contact form on there in terms of emailing me and, and seeing what's available. And or likewise, just drop, drop me an email, Jeremy at forcesfarming.co.uk or via the website. And then also on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, it's all at Forces Farming. So that'd be the best way to get in touch or at least keep up to date with, with what's going on in terms of insight days um, and, and experience events. And likewise, as I mentioned before, the other three organizations I work with, Rural Link, High Ground and Farm Able, those guys are also pretty much following the same structure. Um, they, they offer different areas of experience or different areas of training but they're a great place to look at as well. So we, we're collaborating together now and we'll sort of share everything pretty much that's relating to a rural based job um, through one or more of everyone's sort of portals pretty much or social media. Awesome. That's great. Well, thanks a lot for your time. It's been fascinating to talk to you and um, I'm, I'm sure it will go well and I hope it continues to, to grow and all move in the right direction and, and it would be great to keep in touch and, and see, how, see how you get on. Yeah, most definitely, Mark. Thank you for the time and the um, opportunity. It's been great. And um, yeah, like I said, it all comes back to the people and making a difference and getting into a job where you're valued, appreciated. And it's just a really good place to work. I, I love it. And it offers so much to service leavers and the whole family. It's, um, it's, it's a pleasure to be sort of marketing the industry to the armed forces. Awesome. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, Jeremy. Take, take care. We'll catch up soon. No problem, Mark. Take care. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye.